0: Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Career Quest Podcast, the podcast where we dive deep into a variety of different careers and give you an inside scoop as we chat with professionals regarding their careers. You'll learn about collegiate experiences of different professions, day in the life of occupations, pros and cons of careers, get great advice from role models, and more. My name is Alia, and my name is Asta, and we will be your hosts through this career quest. Our fourth stop on this career quest is with a child abuse attorney. In the United States, every 47 seconds, one child is abused, according to the Children's Advocacy Centers of Tennessee. Many children are faced with these situations in which their lives are greatly affected. Through the work of child abuse prosecutors, many children are given justice. The individual that we are joined by today stands up for these children and gives them a voice. As a child abuse prosecutor, she deals with cases regarding sexual abuse, physical abuse, and child homicide towards children and teens. On her TikTok account No Abuse, she makes informative videos to spread awareness about this growing issue of child abuse. Now without further ado, Miss Amber Kinney, we are so honored to have you on the Career Quest podcast today. How are you doing?
1: I'm great. Thank you so much for having me here. It's such an honor. It is an honor for us.
0: Before we begin, we want to do some icebreaker questions where we ask you a few questions to get to know you better. One, what is a quote that you live by?
1: That's a great question. One of my very favorite quotes is by Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You guys, are you familiar with who she is? We are are. She's so impactful. <laughs> she is very inspiring to me. And she said this quote on leadership, quote, fight for the things that you care about, but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. I love that quote. It's, yeah, it's one of my favorite quotes. And I, Um, I think about it often um, when I am working, when I have hard days at work, and also how I conduct myself professionally.
0: That's really inspiring. Absolutely. She was such an inspiring role model, and um, that quote was also very powerful. (laughs) So next question, what is your dream vacation? So my dream
1: vacation was supposed to happen last year, um, but it got canceled because of COVID. And so I am just aching for it more than ever. But my husband and I were supposed to go to Europe. And it's it's a really big deal for us because I have three little kids and we just, my husband and I don't have a whole lot of time just for each other. And I hardly have ever spent time without my kids. I have not been able to really pull myself away um, too much. I love hanging out with my kids, but we're talking like maybe one night I've spent away from them in their lives. And I have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old and a two-year-old. Um, So last year we cleared two weeks on our calendar. We had grandparents set up to watch the kids and we were going to go to Europe and we had uh, a lot of different countries on our itinerary and we were just going to share that time, just the two of us. And I was so excited about it and it got canceled or I should say postponed. We are still hoping to do it um, and it's going to be the most epic, wonderful adventure. So I'm really excited about it. It was my dream vacation and it will wait, I don't know when it's going to happen, but one of these days we're going to make it happen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hope that you guys get to go soon. Europe is truly so beautiful and it's so, it's such a historic place and somewhere we definitely want to go one day as well. (laughs) So number three, what are three life goals you hope to one day accomplish? So these are my life goals that I am always striving to achieve.
1: I um, I want to read at least one book a month. Um, and I am part of a book club and we do read one book a month, but I am not really great about always finishing them. So it is... Um, constantly a goal of mine to, um, to read one book a month, 12 bu- books a year, um, fun books, not books about work. I do a lot of reading for work, but extracting myself from the work world and, and losing myself in some great book is just such a joy. So I, But I think that it takes planning and determination to make sure that you can do that. So I'm always trying to strive for one book a month, um, I'm always. I also try really hard to take care of myself, and um, and so I think working out, just easy yoga or Pilates, three times a week, is an is also one of my goals that I always try to do um and then my last goal is time with my family which is really also hard to achieve that and so i um i try really hard to compartmentalize and to prioritize time with my family time with my kids time with my parents and and my husband
0: those are very great life goals and i hope to accomplish is reading more often i do read but um I definitely want to take more time out to read. Yeah. All right. Now let's dive into learning more about your career. When you were a child, what was your dream career? Had you always known that you wanted to do something in law? I didn't always know
1: that. Uh, my mom likes to tell the story that I was always opinionated and strong willed, and so she could see me as a lawyer since the very beginning, but it was not that obvious to me. And in fact, I thought that I would probably um, have a career in healthcare because I have a lot of people in my family who work in healthcare. Um, and my older sister was also entering healthcare and so it just seemed like a really natural gravitation for me <clears throat> and it wasn't until I was in college um, that I started realizing that I was getting pulled in a, dif- a different direction i started out more on the pre med track and then i and then i it, i think it was my very first semester of college of undergrad where i um realized that I was a lot more interested in the liberal arts studies um, and so I switched courses and um, and started taking more classes about political science, which was one of my majors. I double majored in political science and sociology and um, a year or two into my undergrad is when I started thinking about um, graduate school and what that would look like and got really excited about law school. Um, And I didn't have any lawyers in my family, none. And so I um, was seeking out mentors and trying to learn on my own to figure out what a career in law would look like and whether I'd I'd be into it and, um, and found some really great mentors. Uh, And that's when I decided to, um, to pursue law.
0: That's great. It's great that you were able to find your true passion. So since you can pick any major prior to law school, what is your advice for picking majors for a student interested in applying for law school?
1: That's a really great question. You know, law schools are different than a lot of graduate studies in that they will really take just about any major. They're not very picky on what major you had in, in college or an undergrad. Um, and so, my recommendation is to pick something that you love, something that interests you, because law schools are most concerned about your GPA. Um, and your LSAT score. And so if you choose courses and a subject in undergrad that you like, that you're interested in, it'll be easier for you to study. You'll be more excited about the t- learning about the topic and, um, and you will, without even trying, get better grades um, because you'll just bring more energy and enthusiasm and curiosity to the subject. So pick something that you enjoy, something that you're passionate about and that will refl- reflect well in your GPA and that'll make it easier for you to get into law school. And really that's what you want anyway in, in college is you know you want to expand on your curiosities. So um, So my advice to you is don't get hung up in a particular major, there is no major that is the secret that unlocks the key, you know, is the key that unlocks the door to law school. It's, um, it's really just about finding what you're passionate about um, and what you're curious about, what you enjoy
0: learning about. Thank you for sharing those powerful and important words of advice. Um, and as you mentioned, the LSAT is a very big part of the law school application. So what are your recommendations in terms of studying for the LSAT?
1: So I took off one year in between undergrad and law school, and I used that year to um, I, I worked at a law firm because I wanted to gain experience. Um, but it, uh, but I also took that time to take the LSAT um, and also once I got my LSAT score back then to apply to law school. So um, I I thought that year off from school was really beneficial because it is important to take your time through that process and to really um, make sure you're devoting the amount of time and energy that you need to have to devote to the LSAT and your application process. Um, With regards to the LSAT specifically, I recommend taking a course Uh, They have courses similar to the SAT type courses. I took mine through Kaplan, but I know that there are others offered. Um, And those courses are really helpful because the LSAT is a logic puzzle and a lot of it is testing how well you do on standardized tests. And so you can learn little tricks in order to um, increase your score. It's not, um, it doesn't have really dramatic increases, but uh, I was able to increase my score by 10 points going through the LSAT um, prep course through Kaplan. Um, So that's actually, you know, that is a significant increase and it teaches you how basic things like time management, how to approach a question. When you're reading a question, these are the things you need to pick up on, structure your answer this way, um, and, you know, just assistance and learning how to take that type of standardized test. So I do really recommend those courses. And like I said, set aside the time um, to really focus on it because the LSAT can make a difference in, you know, your LSAT score can make a difference in what school you get into.
0: Thank you for sharing. And continuing on the thought of law school applications, what was the biggest challenge you faced when filling out your applications? Um, you
1: know, I don't think that it's a challenging process. It's really similar to filling out your applications for undergrad. Um, but the choice of law school is, um, is a little bit harder. I, I recommend Choosing a law school in the area where you ultimately want to live, and I didn't, uh, I didn't know that necessarily as I was applying to law schools. I grew up in Oregon, and then I went away for undergrad to Montreal, and I loved living on the East Coast in a big city. And so I applied. I think I applied to. Um, Maybe like fourteen law schools. So many law schools, and um, and I. Most of them were clustered on the East Coast. Uh, I also applied to the University of Oregon, which was in my hometown, but not a school that I was super excited about because I didn't really want to go back to my hometown of Eugene, Oregon. So I um, I actually was accepted at a school on the East Coast, and I ended up committing. And um, despite people saying like maybe you should you know you should probably go to school in a place you ultimately want to practice in because you you meet people, you gain internships and mentorships and um, and can start um, doing clinic clinics in uh, in the place where you want to where you want to ultimately work but um, but I kind of disregarded that and I was like, I just want to live on the East Coast and then after I committed to my school, my aunt, uh, who I'm super close to, was diagnosed with breast cancer. And it was this realization that I had that my family is the number one, most important thing in my life. And I wanted to be back home. I wanted to be back around her. I wanted to help her through this process. I wanted to be around my parents. And I knew deep down, it was that realization that I wanted to live in Oregon ultimately. And so I ended up, Um, switching and committing to the University of Oregon. So all of this happened within about a a month's time, and I still had enough time to commit to the University of Oregon. So I switched switched over to the University of Oregon and went to law school in my hometown. It was a really great experience. I ended up um, with a lot of mentors. I ended up doing Um, internships with the prosecutor's office that I am still working at now. And that was an opportunity that I had in law school that I would have never had if I was um, in school in a different place. Um, I am now working. I've been a lawyer for 14 years and I'm working with peers that I knew and first met in law school. So I know I met, I still have the social cir- circle and now professional circle of people that I, um, that I knew from law school. So it, it just has really broadened my opportunities, both professionally, socially, and also with my family by being here at home. Um, so I think that that is just something to keep in mind when applying to law school. It was a really important thing that I learned kind of late in the process.
0: Thank you for sharing that great advice. So what was your experience like during law school, the rigor, the balance of social life, school, et cetera?
1: Um, It's hard academically. Law school is tough. You do have to really button down and take the academics seriously, but you should still have fun. And I had fun. My experience was a lot of fun. It was very social for me. I, um, I joined a lot of groups and clubs. I was the president of the Oregon Law Student Public Interest Fund. And so I, um, I was also our class representative and our student body. I, so I was really involved in law school. Um, So, you know, people really focus a lot on the academics with law school, which is very important, but I think it is equally important to have a well-rounded experience in going through law school Um, because your GPA out of law school, you can be the top of your class and it doesn't mean that you're going to be um, the best lawyer out there because being a good lawyer means that you need to be a good person which means that you need to have um, good judgment. You need to be compassionate. You need to be understanding, empathetic. Um, You need to be able to communicate um, with people effectively. And those are all social skills that you learn um, through life, but also through law school. So that part of life and law school are just as important as the academics and So don't get completely buried and lost in the academics. Remember that being a well-rounded person will help you be a well-rounded lawyer or a well-rounded prosecutor or truly, that is career advice for any profession, any profession out there. You just always have to remember that um, being a a good person, a well-rounded person will set you ahead um, in any profession you choose.
0: Yes, that is very, very important. And as you said, being a well-rounded student and person in general um, is very key in any career. Um, So after college, why, or perhaps even during college, why did you choose to pursue criminal law and specifically child abuse prosecution?
1: I decided to pursue criminal law um, after my first year of law school. So this wasn't a career that I had mapped out for myself, and you know, since I was a young girl or even in undergrad, um, I, I entered law school not knowing what kind of lawyer I wanted to be. Um, I think that's totally fine. Um, you will learn what type of law you want to practice by uh, learning about different types of law, and there's so many to choose from out there. So, criminal law wasn't really on my radar. Um, until I had a really phenomenal criminal law professor my first year of law school. He was so gifted, and uh, that subject just really clicked with me. It was I found it interesting, I found it logical and easy for my brain to um, to understand. It was um, very formulaic, and so I I ended up. Um, really kind of getting interested in criminal law my first year. And then I did my my summer of, after my first year of law school, <clears throat> I, I clerked as a court clerk in a criminal law courtroom. So I got to see criminal law. And that's when I started getting really interested in the social justice aspect of criminal law, how you can really influence the trajectory of people's lives and you can help people... Uh, navigate through tough, difficult situations and help them access services to address the underlying issue that caused them to come into the criminal justice system in the first place. So this rehabilitative aspect of criminal law was really interesting to me as well. That is what I... um, that's the type of court that I clerked in that first summer of my law school, where I got to see that rehabilitative piece to, to, the, to criminal law. Um, so I, I was very attracted to that as well. Um, at that point, I didn't know whether I wanted to do criminal defense or criminal prosecution. I later ended up um, getting an, ex, an internship um, at the prosecutor's office. And that's where I sort of solidified my path into prosecution. Um, and I, I didn't necessarily have, um, child abuse prosecution on my radar. I was, um, I was a general prosecutor. Um, and then I started to realize that I really liked the work with people and what we call victim crimes or person crimes. And so I started gravitating more to units within my office where I could help people on the victim side, Um, people who were victims of assaults, sexual assaults, physical assaults. Um, So I started working those cases. And then I started further um, specializing within um, domestic violence or crimes that occur within the family unit. Um, And I worked domestic violence for a while. And then my final specialty that I am now currently working in and have been working in for the last five years is a further specialty of child abuse within the family. So I'm still working family crimes, but um, specializing in crimes that occur to children within families, sexual abuse, physical abuse, and child homicides. Um, And I, I... It was not necessarily my choice, but more a path that I was drawn to based on the type of work that I enjoyed, the type of work that I was good at, um, because I really like connecting with people, and I love working with kids, and these were all realizations that I incrementally made throughout my career, Um, and so that's how I ended up to where I am now.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. If you like our show and want to learn more, check out and follow our Instagram at the Podcast underscore, and please leave a review on all platforms. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss upcoming episodes, and as always, thank you for being our guest and joining us on this career quest. Bye everyone! Boop, boop,